Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We've got another instant reaction pod here. Uh, joining me again is Richie Schneider. Right, Richie, I honestly didn't expect to see you again for a while, but we've had a bit of uh, more news come out. Uh, two new ho- coaching hires since we recorded that former uh, podcast this afternoon. Wow. Wild afternoon. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Obviously, as you can tell, I'm not in my normal setup. Um, <laughs> I'm at the girlfriend's house. I did not anticipate uh, working for the rest of the day, maybe even the weekend at this point. But um, here we are. Two new coaching hours, Marquise Watson, D-line coach. That obviously means the rumors about Panagos being out are true. Um, based on that, I guess let's just start with that one. Yeah, let's start with that one because that one might have the most immediate impacts in terms of uh, recruiting. Let's uh, let's kind of dive into who – because Marquise Brent Watson has worked here before. Let's talk, mm-hmm. talk a little bit about him himself and kind of what he brings to the table. So obviously a former New Jersey guy uh, recruit, one of the best players actually ever in Bryant uh, football history. He's got okay. uh, a cra- crazy stat line. I forget the exact numbers, but he, he's like the lead sack holder, a lead like tackles for loss holder in Bryant history. I think he's almost, if not in the Bryant Hall of Fame already. I completely forget. But um, actually, look at that. I just had a power five coach text me what happened to Panagos. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But uh, I mean, hey, let's, let's dive into that topic a little bit, too. Um, it sounded like uh, Panagos just kind of wanted out. I heard he wasn't fully healthy. He didn't really fully recover from that that knee surgery. Um, someone else just texted me said, do another emergency pod. <laughs> this, this oh, wow. That's, this, that's, this, that's ironic. I, I, I was going to text you. This is the third person today that said, uh, we need to do this again. So here we are. But Yeah, I'm glad. I mean, we, I'm down to do these whenever I work from home. So it's same. really just about if it's if people enjoy it, we'll do them all the time, man. Yeah, no, this is cool. But uh, yeah, it sounded like Panagos was never fully fully recovered from that knee uh, that knee replacement surgery, I believe it was. Yep. And that, that's a hard thing to recover from. And then he missed the whole season because of it. Obviously, not like I said, not the easiest thing to recover from. But on top of that, it Greg Greg is what he is. Like Greg's going to be a guy that's going to yell at the coaches, going to yell at players, and it's not a bad thing. That's like an old school coaching approach. And I feel like some of the older coaches are just like, eh, screw this, I don't want to deal with this. And that's kind of like a little bit what we heard, but adding Marquise Watson is huge. Oh, like yeah. I said before, he's a uh, he's a New Jersey guy through and through, played at PC, played under Partridge, one of the best Bryant football players ever. And on top of that, he was like not the lead recruiter because he wasn't a full I, – I don't know if I'd consider him that for Ole Miss and Igmanosin because he wasn't an on-the-field assistant. But I, I'd probably say he was their main recruiter. He's – there's a reason he was in that in-home visit with Partridge and Kiffin. Uh, what was it last month? Yep. Like he, he's gotten promoted to their 10th assistant spot twice. Now he is like one of the best uh, coaches out there. And I hate to reference other websites and stuff, but he was on the two, four, sevens, uh, 30 under 30, um, coaching list recently. I think it was last wow. year. Before. He's one of the top up and coming coaches in the, in the industry easily. He, um, he knows how to develop talent. He was here before he was a GA under Corey Brown when Corey Brown was D-line coach under Ash, obviously um, not everything in Ash worked. Ash ever worked. <laughs> he, but like it's, it's funny, like if, if you've ever been in a bad relationship, 
like the further you are away from it, you, you tend, I mean, if you have a positive mindset, you tend to think of like positive things. And I'm thinking yeah. of Corsac, I'm thinking of, you know, Marquis Brent Watson. There's, there's good things you could take from, from Ash when you're not living in the Ash world. I know that he, I hate to say it, but I mean, he, there is a couple, like a couple little bright spots. He did produce an all sec center also. We can't forget about that one, <laughs> but, uh, no, Marquis Watson's huge just because, like, this this could turn the tides a little bit for Igmanosin. He's deciding tomorrow 100%. That's still on board no matter what, even though he's technically not playing in the game despite the the whole asymptomatic positive COVID test, um, which it's kind of weird because they're going to let him announce there still. So I don't understand the situation regardless, but we're not going to dive into that topic. But yeah, I'm sure the, the current event board is going to love this one. But. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, this is huge. Igmanosin is probably the number one, number two kid. I think we have him number two right now in the state. Number three, I forget what he is. He's something up there. But he, um, he's a superstar kid. If they could flip him this late, this would be huge for Rutgers. And it adds another DB, one that you kind of had on board already. And now you bring in Watson. It's it's And then his brother's here, you can't forget. And then you see Rutgers kind of hyping up the Union Pipeline a little bit between the tweets and the Instagram posts and the photos. And it's like, Oh, look, there's Amir Robinson. Yeah. Oh, look, Mike Tverdov. Like, and Oh, there's your brother. Like Rutgers has been pretty, pretty savvy with their, uh, with their social media posts. They had like a union appreciation mm-hmm. post recently yeah. from the bowl. I weird. think that's what you're talking about. Yeah. It's weird how they did that. And no one else. Right. Yep. Yep. It's, pretty it's ironic. I'm not going to say it's a coincidence that Igmanosin played a lot of that bowl game, but put two and two together. I mean, you can't talk to the kid during the dead period. So here's your little, here's your little preview yeah. of what your year one. So imagine what you could do. Cause I, I hate to say it, Davidson's better than two. Davidson. I mean, if you watch his tape, I can't remember a more explosive athlete in New Jersey in a couple of years. Like mm-hmm. he just, he literally bursts off the fucking film. He's so fast. He's got such great turn, change of direction skills. He's got great ball skills too. They line him up at receiver, running back, safety such- corner. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, when's the last time a Union kid went anywhere but Rutgers? I, I, you got to look back. I can't remember. Before the rankings era, at least. And that's 2002, yep. so you're going back, back. Like, it's it's insane. So they, they have a really good shot there, with um, especially with Watson on board. Watson on board is just huge for recruiting. And he's, a, like I said, a young coach, up-and-comer. This is, this is an A-plus hire for Chiana Crew. So I know you've referenced Watson in terms of recruiting kids in the 2023 mm-hmm. class, 2024 mm-hmm. class. He's got some ins. He's uh, you, you referenced him specifically with Sadir Mitchell. Does that instantly catapult Rutgers to the top of the leaderboard for him? I, I it's going to be tough. It, it's it's going to be really close. It's definitely helping a ton. Um, I know with Partridge still down there, they're still going to be sneaky in New Jersey. He's still, you can't sleep on him at the end of the day. He's still one of the best recruiters out there. And now with him having the DC position, he can kind of promote that a little more. But um, yes, Adir Mitchell is like very close with Marquise Watson. The two have been talking since I guess Mitchell kind of popped on the recruiting scene and when he was allowed to talk to coaches, blah, 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 whatever the, the rules are with the NCAA and stuff like that. But very, very good chance that Rutgers is – and Rutgers was already near the top, but now adding Watson to staff is – it's going to help them a lot because you could sell this, this whole thing about how it's a, a whole New Jersey staff and – this is kind of what we kind of preached that Ash should have done when he was here. And now yeah. we're finally come to fruition with uh, Shiano. Yeah. Uh, we'll kind of talk about the theme of New Jersey <laughs> hires with our other hires as well, but could this possibly put 
Taiwan Malone in the transfer portal realm of maybe he comes back? Because I know that's a big reason why he went to uh, Ole Miss was the the connection with uh, Watson there. Yeah, I, I don't see him leaving just because of baseball. He, lo- he loves that's, it. Yep. And if it wasn't for Ole Miss, I don't even think Rutgers was second in that running. I know it was weird because it was kind of late for Rutgers to get in there with with um, – I guess there was when did when did uh, he sign? He was 2019, 2020. Uh, I honestly don't remember. I think, I think he was... might have signed December in 2019, and by then it's like he's signed. I think he was a 2020 kid. Okay, so it's, it's, it was way too late for on crew to get in. Now maybe baseball doesn't work out. Maybe switches solely to football, which I think he should anyway, because as you could see, all these defensive linemen are getting paid millions and millions of bucks. But baseball, I guess you're getting paid a ton too, so it's it's a tough call there. Yeah, it is tough. You probably, if you make it in baseball, you probably will make more money and have a longer career, but it's way harder to make it. I mean, they're both hard to make it. Let's be real. But uh, yeah, it's tough. But when you're six, three, six, four, 300 pounds, I mean, it's, and you have that kind of pass rush, it's, ugh, he's deadly. His talents are probably more rare on the football field than they are in the baseball diamond. Uh, let's, let's put it that I, way. Yeah, I don't think he's SEC baseball good, but we'll, we'll see. We'll find out, but we did have a second hire. This is the first hire of the day, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. The defensive coordinator was hired. He was co-DC at Minnesota last year. It's, his name is Joe uh, Harris-Simiak. Um, he's a New Jersey guy. Very impressive resume if you look at it. He, he was a safeties coach at Minnesota prior to being co-DC. He helped de- develop a guy like Antoine Winfield, who's now a standout in the NFL. He was also the head coach at Maine at, like, 29. Super impressive when you look at where he's mm-hmm. been. What do you know about him? And uh, he seemed like he was kind of a natural left field candidate. Yeah, um, obviously a New Jersey hire. Once again, Ridgewood, New Jersey native. Um, I don't know a ton about him, actually. I was going back and forth before with Sean Williams. Our, uh, I think he's the publisher of the Minnesota website. I forget if he's publisher, editor, whatever it is. Um, he actually just sent me a text like two seconds ago. So if you want real quick, you're going to lose me on camera. But No, that's it. fine. Yeah, let's, um, uh, let's hear it. Energetic guy, breeds confidence into his players and has has them prepared nonstop. Safety was one of the most consistent roles on the entire team this season. A guy like Tyler Newbin went from one of the lowest graded players on the team to one of the highest in a single season under him. Wow. So I mean, take take that for what it's worth. It's definitely a uh, hell of a quote. I mean, it's interesting that they I, – I don't know what he's going to be assigned as because if you look, he was just announced as D.C. It wasn't like D.C. and safeties. Yeah. And you're at another defensive backs coach. So now you got Fran, you got Shiano, who's got his ties to defensive backs. And then um, Seminarek, Seminarek. Uh, Seminarek, I think it was. Seminiac. I just had it open. But uh, yeah, Joe. No, sorry. Joe Harris-Seminarek. Harris-Seminarek. That's what it is. All right. So I'm going to have to remember that one. It's going to be a long one. Yeah, it seems right. like from everything I've read, Minnesota fans are not happy about him leaving. He was one of their best recruiters on the staff, if not the best recruiter yeah. on the staff. Uh, there was a funny quote I read. It was like, wait, so Joe, so Rob Smith being bad at his job is screwing us again. Ah, uh, geez. He's, I, I still can't believe stuff like that. I know I've had fans like text me from, uh, that I, I know are Duke fans and they're like, yeah, we just stole Rutgers defense coordinator. I'm like, eh, stole, you can have them, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You, you stole them in the sense that we were not, we didn't want him anymore and we didn't fire him. Like, yeah. Sure. yeah. I, I guess you can have them. Well, whatever. But uh, <laughs> yeah, these these are two big hires. I know another thing. Going back to Watson a little bit. Like I said, I don't know much about Harris Simiak, but in terms of Watson, I know a ton. I was talking to Chase Parham from our Ole Miss website. 
a couple days ago when I was hearing that Partridge was a candidate for the DC spot, which again makes a lot of sense if they were going to try to bring on Partridge and Watson, which I really think was the original goal at the end of the day, but it didn't work out. So he went to option number two, who seems pretty good. But um, he was telling me that Kiffin loves, loves Watson and was trying to do anything he could do to keep him on board. Other than give him a full-time role. uh, He was so close to doing it once. (laughs) It seems like, I forget who their D-line coach is now. The big name guy too. So it's hard to say no to something like that. And it's hard to, if in the SEC especially, it's so hard to promote such a young guy that doesn't have like the coaching experience when you have the money that you can kind of just buy any coach you really want. Yeah, so they're... Their uh, D-line coach right now is a guy named Randall Joyner. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he he's looks like he just got hired from SMU. Yeah. So it, it's tough. Like, I, I probably would have um, – I think – I really think hiring Partridge, they probably wanted to p- promote Watson to that 10th assistant. So now it's going to be interesting because now, like, Lincoln's not happy about this one. I can tell you that much. And oh, I that, can't that, imagine. Hire it now for Shiano. And it, like I said, the New Jersey, all New Jersey centric staff, all Rutgers connections, like this, this is huge for recruiting and it's going to be a big boost. And yeah, it's, it might make a difference in Igbenosin's decision. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe he ends up going to Ole Miss regardless. At the end of the day, you're still going to, like, in terms of 2023s and 2024s, this is huge. Yeah. And if you look at the theme, uh, we have t- talked about this kind of offline uh, about how, you know, Shiano typically favors younger coaches and because he wants to be able to like bring guys up to a certain level and be able to kind of like have teaching moments we'll say with the staff both these guys Mm -hmm. are young uh harris simiak is 36 watson's young too watson was playing college football like five years ago so he's probably mid-20s mid to late 20s he's mid mid to late 20s i i can't get over that harris simiak was a head coach of maine at 29 i'm thinking here now and you want me to make the head coach of a program jesus no no like yeah right <laughs> when like and this kid this guy just rose up through the ranks like it was nothing and then all of a sudden now within a a year at minnesota flex saw something in him to make him co-dc right away other either that or someone was trying to poach him already which is insane to say and you add another recruiter now you still have one more spot open that's where it gets a little tricky do you, do you it doesn't sound like they're going to go with the special teams coordinator you might it just doesn't. go got on staff like Keith Bruno or someone else. Maybe you bring in like a another analyst. Like who knew, who even knew John Perry was on staff last year? That was funny because uh, I sent I sent Richie yesterday or was it today? One of the two. I sent him a link from like Football Scoop, and you're like, oh, that's who that guy was. Yeah, I had no idea. I used to like see him all the time. He'd always be yelling. He's he's always working with the wide receivers and the quarterbacks, and I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like GA or something. I'm like, yeah, hey, he looks kind of old. Hey, he's probably an analyst or some shit. And all of a sudden, I'm like, holy shit, this guy had a ton of offensive coordinator experience. But, uh, yeah, they have dudes on staff that can handle special teams. Heck, even Frazier could help out if need be. Um, I'm intrigued to see what they do in terms of this last coaching spot. You can go – like I think we said on the pod on Wednesday, you can go anywhere from an inside wide receivers coach if you want to go an offensive guy. I've seen teams make an offensive tackles coach, which is – just straight up weird but i mean if you need help help on the offensive line i i would lean towards that but i don't really think they're going to do that i think it's going to be another defensive guy um whether it's an interior defensive line coach maybe another linebackers coach like a an edge rusher coach or something like that just get a really good recruiter on staff and that's that's kind of all you have to do there i agree i think this gives them a lot of flexibility if they really do plan not to have a special teams coordinator 
get the best guy you can for the best value. Like obviously we're Rutgers, so we have some constraints on money, but get a good recruiter, figure out everything else later. Yeah, no, most definitely. But I mean, that's the biggest thing with, uh, with Shiano. He wanted that in his contract. The assistant salary pool had to be raised and he's proving that it's well worth it because it's interesting. I saw, um, Harris Simiak's salary at, uh, at what was it? At Minnesota. 10, I think. I think. Yeah, 410. So it's like, all right, like if you pay him a little more, he's probably going to get up to like the 500 range, I would assume, 550 maybe. I know yeah. I already requested Oprah request for it. So you you might actually save money in the long run with this hire. You're not paying a special teams coach. Harris Simiak's going to make probably less than Rob Smith, who was getting 700 last year. Yep. And then Marquise Watson, that's a first full-time job. I don't know what Ole Miss was paying him, but you'd think he's probably around the 300 to 350 range. So in the long this- run, you're saving i guess or they could be redirecting those funds for some big big uh splash hire that could be too which the, the big splash edge rush coach heard because the only thing i could think of is like the, mo- the best recruiters are mostly or for the most part are secondary coaches but there's yep. no shot hire a third secondary coach right i mean i'm not going to pretend to to know what chiano is going to do uh <laughs> these are both great hires in my eyes but Nothing would surprise me. I, I mean, I, I would just be shocked just because you got Fran already. It's like, uh, like you got well, Fran. I, you can't have too many coaches on one side of the ball either. So I think this would put five offense, five defensive coaches and four offensive coaches in one open spot, yeah. right? So I'd imagine uh, it'd be offense. You would think, yeah, I guess it, it can go either way because it was the special teams court. So it's just like kind of pick and choose, like. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they had another offensive line guy, though. That would kind of be make a lot of sense. Everybody in mind or just speculating? I'm just speculating off the top of my head. Um, I know I talked to uh, a couple sources, and it, like, I know we talked about it off the pod. Like, There's a rumor there's another coach that might be out. Um, I can assure you it's not one of, the, one of the names we were talking about. It's not a former New Jersey high school coach, so there's two out the bat right there. Okay. It's That's very interesting. Where- that's where it gets interesting. And there's a, there's a rumor out there. We'll, we'll just have to let that, uh, let that burn a little bit, I guess, and see what happens. So let me, uh, let me double check Twitter real quick to make sure that nothing else happened. Uh, yeah, with the, the coaching staff before we <laughs> sign off here. Yeah. Getting insane. I just can't believe that they hired both of these guys. It's Harris Simiak. I didn't really know much about, but it sounds like he's a pretty good hire. Um, I'm intrigued to see what he does with Igbenosin. Yeah, I talk a little he, bit more about that. Uh, Desmond or Davison? Uh, well, you start wherever you want. I think both are relevant. I'm intrigued to see, like, because it looks like he had a couple taller safeties if I'm reading this right. Obviously, like, Izzy is not the tallest. He's not going to go anywhere, I don't think. Um, Avery Young, I think he might shift him around. I would move him back to corner, in my opinion. Uh, he struggled at safety the past two years. Uh, I, I would look for... Igbenosin to start at safety next season. He looks really good in that bowl game. I don't see a reason why he shouldn't start. Now, in terms of his brother, I, I'm really I'm torn on this. I know we have Patty down there at the event. I'm not too worried because worst comes to worst, Patty will get the whole video, get the interview like right after. Um, I know some of our national guys already talked to him, and they, they kind of have a hint of where he's going, and they, they all start – they still think Ole Miss at this point. But adding this just – adding uh, Watson to the staff makes a huge difference. And now I'm like kind of like second guessing myself because I had Ole Miss like for the past month and a half, two months, three months. 
maybe longer. Was there a Watson connection with the Igbenison family? Not that I know of off the top of my head. Okay. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't believe. Because I could have no. swore there was some, like, I thought there was, like, some youth football connection or something, but maybe there I don't might remember. Um, I'm, like I said, like, I, I turned off my computer before, and I'm like, I'm done for the Gotcha. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't think anybody saw this coming on a Friday afternoon. Uh, no. But two super exciting uh, hires here. And typical Friday news dump for Rutgers, and they're just they're making waves. I'll tell you that much. They're pissing off SEC coaches, pissing off other Big Ten coaches. I'm curious if Fleck gave his blessing or not, or Fleck kind of just what the fuck he just stole my guy. I'm kind of surprised they hired from the Joe Rossi, Rob Smith tree for their next hire, given how Rob Smith, I mean, Rob Smith has been fired at how many jobs in a row now? Four or five, three or four, sorry. Rockers, Rockers again, technically. Um, There's some missing another one. Oh, Minnesota. That's four in a row. Minnesota. Yep. Oh, well, what are you going to (laughs) do? Yeah, but I appreciate you coming on here, Richie. I'm sure the, the fans will appreciate hearing your take on all these things. Uh, stay tuned. I, I, like Richie said, this weekend we might not be able to do another one of these if more news breaks. But, uh, <laughs> but stay tuned tomorrow because uh, Davis and Igbenosin is committing at the game from what we understand from R- Richie's intel is telling us he's committing even though he has COVID uh, and can't yeah. play. So. Yeah. Stay tuned. I'm sure that we have a lot more news that's going to hit this weekend. Uh, the coaching convention is happening this weekend as well, so we might hear more coming out of that. Yeah, I'm sure we'll see some player development guys move around. I mentioned that the other day. Uh, we already saw one in Perry, which I didn't even know he was on staff, but now he's not anymore, so it doesn't matter. Um, other than that, I do have that article coming out with Gavin Wimsat tomorrow um, on Gavin. Oh, yeah. With uh, QB trainer Danny Hernandez, who trained Bryce Young since sixth grade so he, he's got a lot of dudes out there in cali he's uh he's actually wimsat's supposed to fly out with him uh sometime this off season he's gonna go work out with him in cali so it's gonna be interesting oh that's see. awesome yeah it's gonna be wimsat malik murphy uh Jaden martin who's a ucla signee um there's a bunch of other five stars Jalen rashada is number two dual threat in 2023 i think they got the number one pro style out there too i forget his name in 2023 also bunch of cali dudes are going to be working out there is that like including, malachi nelson yeah Matt malachi nelson that's what it was okay yes he's working with like five stars and five stars and four stars and he works with a ton of dudes he has a documentary coming out um he told me about it's gonna have a little bit snippets of him working with gavin as well i was told because he nice. uh we're filming it out when he was out here for the heisman trophy thing with uh bryce so then he worked out with gavin and then i just started filming a couple sessions so it's gonna be interesting Awesome. Well, uh, stay tuned. There's going to be more news dropping show this weekend, guys. But uh, this is your second uh, instant reaction pod of the day to the new coaching hires. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.